All right. Welcome to Two Gals in a Glass Half Full. We are back in our series about sleep health this month. And um, we had some two great episodes on just kind of the overall about sleep and then kind of what can happen when we are lack of sleep. Um, and we're excited to continue that conversation. But first, Dr. Jess, what do you have in your cup today? Well, today I have some matcha, which is a Ooh. green tea that you drink. Um, the tea leaves are completely ground up. So you're actually getting the full effect of the, of the tea leaf and you get way more nutrients and benefits out of it. Uh, so it's something that it takes a little bit to make. I mean, like five minutes, it's not that bad, but like I've been trying to make a more um, conscious effort to drink it on a very regular basis so that I get the mm -hmm. antioxidant effects and everything else that um, goes along with drinking green tea. Uh, so, the leaves? Uh, no, I, and I add some oat milk to it just to kind of cream it up okay. a little bit, but it's not super strong, but it is like a thicker, creamier tea instead of like, mm -hmm. like more, a little bit watery, you watery. know, like watery. Watery, watery. Yeah. I don't know. I think I made up a word. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I meant. Uh, yes. So, Dr. Bobby, what's in your glass? I've got good old water. Just keeping drinking more and more water. Trying. Sometimes like not. It. Sometimes better than others. Yeah. Stay hydrated. And so today we have a guest with us. This is uh, my neighbor, actually. And so this is Amy Walker, and she's a nurse. And the interesting thing, right, is that she's a nurse and she understands kind of healthcare and, and, you know, health in general, but she works the night shift sometimes. So like that is super interesting to our sleep month because like being able to work the night shift and then switch into days and um, have kids, there's a lot that uh, strategy that she's going to have to implement in order to be able to stay sane. Uh, so um, <laughs> Cause I, I like, I would very much struggle with that. Uh, so Amy, what's in your glass this morning? This morning, I'm drinking a passion fruit LaCroix. I've already Ooh. had my coffee. There you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. Um, yeah, I do. I do love a, a good carbonated water um, with mm -hmm. different flavors. Absolutely. Uh, so, so let's get started. Now, as, as far as uh, being a nurse in the hospital, Amy, what have you, and we'll get into just like more you as a nurse, right? So like, mm -hmm. what have you noticed with um, like patients, for example, and being able to get decent sleep while in the hospital versus patients that don't because they're in the hospital and they're sick. So something's not going well for them, but then trying to actually get some decent sleep in an environment that there's like different noises and a different bed and maybe lines in your arm. Like, how do you notice the difference in those that do seem to get some adequate rest versus some that don't? Absolutely. I would say their attitudes and just their demeanors. <laughs> I, I'll never forget when I worked with adults, um, their main thing, when you were going in and out of their room to get vital signs or give medicines, they'd be like, I thought I was supposed to sleep the whole time here. And you're like, <laughs> no, nope, no, nope, this is not a hotel. This is a hospital. We have like time things to do. So cranky, you know, you'd have like the demented patients, um, not getting enough sleep would definitely, I would think make their stay a lot longer. Oh, mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't, I don't see how, how it wouldn't. I mean, I know when I was in the hospital after having, uh, the kiddos, right. So you're in the hospital mm -hmm. for a couple of nights after uh, delivery, um, you know, they're coming in at 4am to check your vitals mm -hmm. and depending on where you are in that sleep cycle, 
right? So if you're like just into that first phase of sleep and they come in, you're like, oh, you know, like you wake up so easily. And then it's like, oh man, now I got to get back into that. Mm-hmm. And then a different noise goes off. And then the same thing happens. And it's like, oh, I was like ready to go home. Like, I just need, like, <laughs> I need to go home. Like this is yes. not working for me. You need your space. Um, right. Like, um, so I can only imagine if there's like other things going on and you really have some sort of like major um, illness to then try and heal during that time while you've got all the other stressors going on and your body being able to relax enough to actually go through those cycles of sleep. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I can, that would be, that would be tough. And then as far as being a healthcare provider, you know, you know, trying to be um, aware of that and, you know, like they would come in the room so quiet at 4am and, you know, really try and be super gentle about it. And I always appreciated that because it's like, you know, you're, you're trying to make sure I'm okay. Um, but then at the same time, making sure that I am trying to get some rest. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like a, a level of appreciation there for, um, you know, the nursing staff that is doing their job to take care of you as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not a hotel. You can't just not be monitored. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> So now let's, let's move on to more like you, right? So now mm-hmm. you are a provider, but then you're also a human and, <laughs> and you need to be rested in order to be able to take care of those around you, whether it's, you know, your patients or, or your family, right? Um, so what are some of the strategies that you use for um, being able to get some rest while also working the night shift? Um, I can kind of tell you my typical routine um, mm-hmm. when I do work the night shift. I always take like today I go to work tonight. So I'll take like a 90 minute nap at some point today. And then I always wake up and work out just so I'm like clear headed, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I get home in the morning, I always take like a really hot shower. I hang out with the kids for like a little bit, just like so mm-hmm. have some, you know, they can get some mommy time in melatonin, blackout curtains, and every loud noise machine you can think of. <laughs> I literally put three of them on sometimes yeah, so I yeah. can sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, that's awesome. That's some of the stuff that we had talked about actually on the last episode. Oh, really? Were, yeah, just strategies to be able to uh, fall asleep, right? So mm-hmm. taking a warm shower is one of them to kind of like, kind of get your nervous system calmed down, like more relaxed. Mm-hmm. And then that sleep-wake cycle is so um, affected by daylight. And our bodies naturally want to wake up when there's daylight and sleep when there's not. Mm-hmm. So blackout curtains, um, that's, that's definitely somewhere like anytime I've stayed in a hotel and it has blackout curtains, mm. I'm like, where am I? <laughs> like it <laughs> messes with my circadian rhythm so much. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I don't like, like, I don't naturally wake up at my normal time. And then it's like, what time is it? Like, I'm so like, all, I'm just all over the place. Um, it just, it doesn't work for me for like staying on a normal cycle of a circadian rhythm. Um, so I think, yeah, I think that's great. So what do you notice that's beneficial with the sound machines? Um, I am a super light sleeper. Even when mm-hmm. I'm exhausted, I'll wake up to like anything going on, even outside the house, you know? So the sound machine just helps block it out. And it's almost like a calming. I usually play rain sounds or I'll have like the fan on really hard, but, or really loud, but it's really just to block out noises and to kind of create like this peace in the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. When you when you uh, you know finally go to sleep a little bit, uh, how long yeah. are you getting at one time before you're like back up again? Um, you know, it really varies. It depends on what outside noises are going on in my house, especially with mm-hmm. little ones and working the weekends. Um, but I would say typically maybe like five, six hours is the average, um, shortest I get that I can actually function on is like four. Uh So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say that the sound machines are something that we use for the kids. And then once we started using them for the kids, like sometimes, you know, I'd be like in the glider, putting somebody down and they'd fall asleep. I'd fall asleep. Then mm-hmm. I kind of got used to the sound machine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So it's funny. So now we have we have more than one sound machine because it's like it actually really is. It's a predictable noise. My brain like recognizes that when I hear that, that that's like my calm down time. And that's mm-hmm. like where my brain can shut off. So it's like as as many predictable things that I can do are helpful for me, at least to fall asleep. So that's mm-hmm. I like that you use the, the sound machines as well. Um, and we travel with them. I mean, if we're oh, on an airplane, too. oh, absolutely. I put, I bring that cord. I bring that sound machine because like, <laughs> like anything that can make a new space more predictable um, is, is helpful, I think, to help our nervous system calm down in order to be able to relax and, and get into that restorative level of sleep. Um, <clears throat> awesome. So as far as, um, let's say like the, the days that you don't get enough sleep <laughs> because <laughs> there are a lot of noises and you're like, you get into that like uh, first level of sleep, which is where you can wake up the easiest. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and it's like almost any little noise is going to wake you back up. Right. Um, what are some of the, the things that you notice in you where that like that happen when you don't get enough sleep? I'm very irritable, very <laughs> irritable. <laughs> um, <laughs> Things that normally I would have patience for and that wouldn't be annoying to me are annoying like the minute it happens. Um, Very foggy headed, I feel. Mm -hmm. Um, I could drink, you know, quadruple the amount of caffeine that day that I would normally drink and I'm still just so foggy. So Mm -hmm. that's, I would say my mood is the most affected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely something that um, the professor that we talked with on the previous episode, she was definitely attesting to that emotional, um, yes. that emotional regulation that you yeah. don't have when you're sleep deprived is uh, very, very much uh, part of the um, sleep deprivation, right? Whether it's acute mm-hmm. or chronic. Uh, so, so there's that. I know. I mean, I'm the same way. I'm absolutely the same way. I just say everything in life is harder when I haven't slept well. Like mm-hmm. every step of my day is harder. And then every step of my day is easier when, mm-hmm. when I've had enough sleep. <laughs> exactly. Now on days you're not working, do you switch back to like a sleep during the day or sleep during the night, awake during mm-hmm. the day, or do you try to keep somewhat of a routine? Nope. No routine there. <laughs> I definitely try to go back just because of the little kids and wanting to be there and hang out and pick them up from school and whatnot. So yeah, I flip flop. I'll still sleep till like four or five on the mornings that I get off. I'll sleep till like five o'clock in the afternoon. And then mm-hmm. by the time I put the kids back to bed, I'm already so exhausted that nine o'clock I'm going back to sleep that night to wake up, you know, 7 30 AM with the kids the next day, start mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. And then how, how um, quickly do you feel like you transition from nights to days? 
Like, is it just like, um, you need that one, like that no. one? No. Okay. No. Um, yeah. Three days is pretty That's much when is. I finally yeah. get back to normal, which is slightly annoying because by three days I'm already back to work. Work. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah that's what I would that's what I would imagine because I know just as something as simple as like time change when you're traveling in between time zones right like yeah. all of a sudden like it's you know if I fly west and it's earlier there you know it's it's so much easier because like boom like I wake up it's 5 a.m maybe and I normally wake up like <laughs> like normally I like I wake up at seven so it's like maybe even before five and I'm like ready to go but then you know I'm ready for an early bedtime, but I just seem like you kind of push through that a little bit easier and then, you know, kind of get onto that rhythm of the new time zone, but it does take a number of days. And then by the time you get used to the new time zone, yeah, you go back to your other time you zone yeah. <laughs> and then you just get like crushed yeah. in the other direction. <laughs> it takes yep. another couple of days. Uh, so that can be, um, I've just noticed, especially with traveling that like, I'm always kind of just like preparing myself for that and saying, okay, like what are the strategies that I can implement to try and transition as quickly as possible? Um, And then when I come back, same thing, like transition as quickly as possible, but it always seems to take well more than one day. Um, So I can only imagine, you know, night shift stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I I give you guys all the credit doing night shift. I, (laughs) I am so cranky when I like, don't get sleep. (laughs) I just don't, I don't know if I could do it. I mean, I guess I, I could, we all can do, you know, whatever's needed if it's truly needed, but I give you guys a lot of credit. I'll tell you age is a factor too, because when I was 26 and doing night shift, I could work like five nights in a row and be perfectly normal. (laughs) But now I'm 35 with children. It's very hard. (laughs) (laughs) It's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, and you also have to be more than awake and aware when you are awake. It's not like, you know, when you're 25 and you don't have kids, just like sit on the couch, just take a nap or, you know, you do this. But when you have kids, you want to be involved and engaged with them. And, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know when um, uh, my husband, when we were first were dating, he would be, you know, just have to go into the hospital, you know, he'd be like on call. So he'd be in the hospital at 2 a.m. He might get a call and then then he'd be there until maybe the next like night, like 7 p.m. because he might have a seven to seven shift. Right. And then and then trying to get back onto that normal sleep schedule you know, and then like might be on call again. And then it, it happened all over again. And I was just always like, how does this work? You know, like all of these people that work in the hospital are working day shifts and night shifts and on call. And like, like what, how do you do this? Um, Cause I'm just so used to like my normal, like daytime job only. Right. Um, <laughs> but that really, that opened my eyes to like, the other strategies of how to still get the sleep that you need and be able to perform a job like working nights. Um, Cause it is possible and you still can be healthy and you still can do it. It just, there's so much strategy that goes into it of like, like you're saying, like I need to take that nap, that nap before I go in is going to really help me recover uh, from the being up during the day. And then it's going to prepare me to be up overnight And then when I get home, that transition time that you take of like, okay, now I need to transition. You're not going to go home and just lay right down. Like, you know, you just have been working all night, right? And like, so you've had to be awake and on and like ready to go and, you know, being able to, you know, intellectually problem solve. So like that level of awareness, it has to be high. So then you're going to have to drop down from that. So I think 
Um, so having that routine would be super helpful for sure. Um, what have you maybe noticed in other coworkers that um, have they talked about any strategies that they use that are any different than yours? Um, are there, um, you know, I would say like just maybe people that don't stay working the night shift, right? Because like it just doesn't work for them, you know, and they might, they might have like those negative health effects when they mm -hmm. were trying to work the night shift. Mm -hmm. Like, have you seen that happen? I have. Yeah. There was a couple of new nurses who were on the floor and ended up going to day shift because they were looking at like um, inflammatory disease, like diagnosis from mm -hmm. being night shift and then mm -hmm. seeing them switch to day shift and like how they were functioning and their physical appearance appearance. It was like night and day. Right. <laughs> no pun intended, but it was really <laughs> like, they look like completely different people as a health benefit. So. Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's something we talked about on the previous episode were the inflammatory markers that can mm -hmm. raise when you're in chronic sleep deprivation. So mm -hmm. that's, I mean, it, it's something that's very real. And uh, again, you know, it's evidence-based, but something that we might not really give full credit to when, when we're thinking about like, oh, well, I'm just working night shift. Like it can't be that that's creating this major illness when maybe it is, maybe that is what's creating the illness and you make the change and you start getting the sleep that you need. And then boom, it's the illness goes away. So super, super interesting. Um, <laughs> even nurses who were like trying to get pregnant, you know, night shift and then go to day shift. And then it's like, boom, not even, yeah, really. <laughs> like, not even right. having to try for months and then they're pregnant. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. My, yeah. my best friend just graduated nursing school and like start nice. looking for her first job and she's um kind of uh she's a mom of two kids but with no I mean she has family support but no other true support local um and she was like looking at night shift and I was like oh she's like because I want to be there with the kids so she's going through that mm -hmm. whole thing for nursing trying to figure out if she wants to do night to be there for the kids during the day or do day and be able to be there um I'm sure it's a hard decision, a hard decision. yeah mm -hmm. yeah so what would you say are the pros and cons to staying night versus switching the days? Money, <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. there is a big differential between night shift and day shift. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a big one. And then on the kid front, I mean, you know, I constantly get asked to go to day shift by my husband, but <laughs> honestly, I would be leaving before the kids would wake up and I'd be getting home before or after they would go to bed. So I literally wouldn't see them. Right. So night shift kind of pushes me to come home, get them ready for school. I can get my snuggles in. And then if it's like my first day off, I can wake up earlier just so I can pick them up and like have the day with them the afternoon and then put them to bed, you know? Right. So I would say that's the biggest benefit to night shift. Yeah. And having that balance between being mm -hmm. a professional, but then also being a mom I mean, I think that's something that I struggled with a lot when I, you know, was first going back to work after, after my first son was born, I was like, how can I, how can I still balance this and have time with him during the day? Because, you know, sometimes they have this early bedtime. And so there's this, like this, this constant back and forth. So I almost kind of envied the people that work the night shift because of being more available during the day, which is like when the kids are awake. So, mm -hmm. cause otherwise you're sleeping when they're sleeping, which is, I mean, what you need to do to get sleep, but 
Um, <laughs> but there is a huge benefit for having that time, especially when the kids are small, um, to mm-hmm. have that time during the day with them, which is, which is helpful. Um, so yeah, no, I can definitely see why um, that would be something that you would do for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So with, um, so let's talk about like, like, you know, the kiddos, right. And mm-hmm. something that we can attest to. And, uh, when we're talking about sleep deprivation and, and like, what have you noticed in, in kids, whether it's in the hospital or, you know, your own kids and they're not getting the amount of rest that they need to for many different reasons, right. Um, there could be, maybe they have a cold, maybe they, um, had bad dreams and broke up that REM cycle. Like what have you noticed in, in little ones, any different than adults? No, I was about to say, sometimes I feel like my kids with how I react, it's the ir- irritability and the mood, right? It's the same thing. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, and let's say like in the hospital, are there things that, that they do to help the, the little ones be able to sleep a little bit better, like different strategies that might be different than for adults? Um, well, you know, I work with such a <laughs> tiny population right. that, you know, we keep them on a schedule. It's, you know, every three hours and they're inside isolates with like pretty much blacked out curtains because there's a cover mm-hmm. on top. So they see yep. the nighttime and we try to keep it quiet, that kind of thing. But mm-hmm. it's pretty much it. Yeah. So similar, <laughs> similar kind of, things yeah. that work, that work for kids exactly. as well. The blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think all of that would definitely um, would definitely make sense. So, um, in case you don't know, Amy works in the NICU and so, you know, the little ones are, are very little and for them to be able to like recover enough to go home, I would think would be, I mean, that's difficult. Their, their little systems are like really having to work and fight and, um, you know, do a good amount of, of healing for whatever reason they might be in the NICU for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd say the greatest population for sleep is probably our little drug babies. You know, they, it takes them a lot to get to sleep. And then when Mm -hmm. they are asleep, you know, that's when the parents want to come in and pick up the baby and stuff. So you're constantly educating, like your baby needs sleep. It needs to rest. It needs to heal its Mm -hmm. body. You know, don't touch your baby. (laughs) I hate to tell you (laughs) that. Like, please don't wake them up. You know, Mm -hmm. need sleep to heal. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And just recover from the day. I mean, I think you know, like as kids are getting yeah bigger and they're sleeping longer, especially when they're infants, like, you know, it's like, well, I'm supposed to feed them every certain amount of hours, but they're sleeping. So should I wake them up? Right. So there's this like constant, like, I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, as long as the baby's getting weight, I'm like, let the baby yeah. sleep. Don't wake the sleeping baby. Right. Well, they're a little like, it was <laughs> like, you know, like so much activity is happening with like brain development and bone development and like all sorts of growth. And as they, you know, start getting bigger, like the teeth coming in, like their bodies are just like having to do so much work all the time that like, I mean, I'll have like, especially during a growth spurt, our little one will go, I mean, he'll go to bed before he has dinner. I mean, he'll Mm. have like a big, big lunch and then he might just be exhausted and he'll sleep the next day. You know, he's still gaining weight. He's growing just fine. It doesn't last, you know, like a couple of days, Yeah. But he's just exhausted. So I'm not gonna like shake him like, Hey buddy, <laughs> you know, like it's time to eat. Like, <laughs> well, choke on his dinner, you know, like, deal, deal with that irritability. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he stays down the whole night, you know, as he can regulate his blood sugar for that long. And 
So it's like, okay, well, you just needed a bunch of sleep. And then he was like, ready to go, crushes a good breakfast and, you know, is back at it. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think sometimes we kind of undervalue sleep and we think like, oh, we just have to, you know, feed them and we got to keep them awake and we have to keep them on this regular schedule when, when really like, especially when there's growth that's having to happen, that schedule may or may not be as important depending on where they are in their developmental mm-hmm. level. Um, so I think that's also kind of something to, to be aware of. I, I think I had some, uh, you know, d- different people give you different advice. They're like, you know, make sure they have this constant bedtime and make sure that they get up at the same time. And um, once they're older, you know, for sure, for sure. Um, but like, especially when they're, when they're like teething and, and bone growth and muscle growth and brain development and their bodies are morphing so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think, I think their little rhythm will let us know. And, uh, I think we're going to go by their rhythm and, yeah. uh, we have happier kids that way. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm happier too. So mm-hmm. it's a real yeah. win-win. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, well, Amy, I really, really appreciate you coming on. I think it's just helpful to hear from other people that are, you know, having to think about sleep in a different way and uh, balance balance that amount of sleep that you need with these varying circumstances that, that are going on, like working nights, which is like a whole different level of um, problem solving, I will say. Um, mm-hmm. So what we're going to be doing in the for the rest of the month, right? So uh, Dr. Bobby and I are going to be talking about from a physical therapist perspective, just strategies for setting up for a good night's sleep. And, you know, just a lot of different strategies that go into that. And then we're also going to be talking with an individual that travels a good amount and works with individuals that travel. And so just the changing up of the environment that you're sleeping in all the time and, and what that means and what that's like and time zones and beds and rooms and people and that, that environment that is inconsistent and what the strategies are in that kind of uh, situation. So definitely stay tuned this month to learn as much as possible about sleep. And hopefully we can help those that are listening, learn a little bit more. Um, make sure to, um, if you find it interesting, you know, follow us on the podcast. It's on um, Apple, uh, Apple podcast. And then uh, the video recording is on YouTube. And then we try and kind of stay on top of social media, just kind of putting out some posts that are hopefully helpful to those, uh, you know, on a day-to-day basis, like little things that might be like little nice reminders of you know, maybe reframe our thinking and, um, you know, like a little, a little tidbit about what we're drinking today. Like this is matcha and this is why I drink it. So, um, so feel free to follow us and, uh, hopefully you find it helpful. Oh, sorry, Dr. Bobby. And Dr. Jess, mm-hmm. we forgot the last two episodes to do a challenge. <laughs> oh, darn. We did. Yes. So yes. what should our <laughs> challenge be today for everyone? So I think the challenge for this week is to, um, so, you know, the recommended amounts of sleep, right, is somewhere between that seven to nine hours. What they were saying is the seven hours is the um, evidence base is where most adults are going to feel the best. Um, But you could be around, you know, you could be anywhere in that range, most likely. So let's for for this week, let's try and track how often you're getting that amount of sleep. And then um, just see, you know, give yourself a little challenge. And then maybe there might be some small changes that you make in order to meet that challenge, like mm, taking a shower before bed or not looking at your phone before bed, or um, just giving yourself a little bit more time to like relax before getting into bed. 
um, you know, same thing with like the morning routine, right? So there might be some small changes that you make to be able to get that seven hours and, uh, and then see if you feel better or if you don't, right? Um, so everybody's a little <laughs> bit different, but uh, so I think that that's going to be our challenge for the week. Awesome. All right. I think it's a good one. Perfect. All right. All right. Stay tuned. All right. Bye.